before this episode starts, we just want to remind you guys to please take 60 seconds and give us a rating on whatever you're streaming us on. It really helps us out a lot and it'll keep this podcast going. So uh, you can just scroll down to whatever app you're whatever app you're using and uh, just leave a you know, a preferably a five-star review, but not necessarily have to be, but a honest, true review. And if you want to write something, it doesn't take long and it really helps this podcast out and it's going to help us keep this thing going. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roller Crest Podcast, the only podcast that had to play chess with death himself. Mm-hmm. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. I lost like two turns in. He <laughs> he he queens gambit me. Yeah, <laughs> it was over. <laughs> uh, today we are doing, I believe, it is our first Criterion Collection film. Yes. Um. And we are doing The Seventh Seal, Mm -hmm. which came out in 1957 by the most, one of the most infamous and considered to be one of the greatest directors in all of film, uh, and that is Igmar Bergman. Mm -hmm. He is uh, a huge inspiration to some of our favorite directors, i.e. Ari Aster Mm -hmm. and Robert Eggers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can definitely feel in this movie... Robert Eggers taking inspiration from the lighthouse and putting it into this. I mean, from the opening, you know, for the most part, from the opening shot at the, at the ocean with the two men laying on their backs. It's like, and in that, that boxy aspect ratio. Mm -hmm. And of course in black and white, uh, it very much feels like, Oh, okay. Robert Eggers is clearly pulling inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say that most likely if you've never seen a Bergman film before, uh, or if you've only seen one, most likely this is the one that you've seen. Um, it's just his most, while probably not his best in my opinion, it's it his is most it, famous. It's his most famous one. Mm-hmm. It is the one that people that most people talk about, and one that for whatever reason people seem to remember uh, out of everything else in his entire filmography. Yeah, I uh, mean, I honestly like when when you said we were doing the Seventh Seal, I was like, oh, I have no idea what that is, and then you told me it was like the guy playing chess with death, and I was yeah. like, oh, I know exactly right. what that is. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, that's not really what the movie's about anyway, but yeah. it's, it's kind of, it, it, that's what most people, and even if you look it up on IMDb or mm-hmm. if you look at reviews, that's what, for whatever reason, the film community kind of puts it as, mm-hmm. even though it's maybe it's like an, 10 minutes. Not, of the I don't entire even think film. it's that much. It's probably like five or six minutes of, of the film out mm-hmm. of an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, the rest, the rest of the film is not really about that, but it also it, it's a, it is a key point of the film and it, it's a very very it's it's like the catalyst to the film yeah. but it follows it goes way way beyond that um so that all being said mm-hmm. again seven seal came out in 1957 by bergman it stars uh max von sidow who plays block mm-hmm. he is kind of our main character sort of but again there's so many characters I in know. this movie i think this was like his breakout role too it was and this is the movie that kind of made him a star he also ended up working with bergman a lot after this mm-hmm. this is the movie that though kind of like catapulted his career um um, there's a, there's a lot of very Swedish names in this yes. movie. In this, in the, in <laughs> so we have no idea. I'm how to not going to be them. able to pronounce a lot of them, but I'm just going to give them my my uh, you know my the old college try. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Gunnar 
Bjornstand, who mm-hmm. plays uh, J- Johns, who's like the squire, kind of yeah. like the right hand man. Then you have uh, Ben K- Edgar Edgar mm-hmm. who plays Death himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Niles Pop Pope P O P P E, who mm-hmm. plays Joff or Joseph. You have Bibby and Anderson, who plays Mia or Mary. That's the wife. Those mm-hmm. are the actor characters. You have Maud Hassan, who has a very small role, but she is kind of like the woman who is accused of being a witch in the yes. film. Uh, you have Inga Gill, who is Lisa, who is the blacksmith's husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's and a lot know, of names. You say it like that, but if you haven't seen the film, they actually are roles in the film. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, then you have you have Inga Lard, who plays... The uh, who plays Block's wife, who she kind of comes in right at the end of the of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Bertel Antberg, who plays Ravel, who is basically like the the guy who is accused in this movie of kind of making our two leads, or at least one of our leads, even join because they're join the military and mm-hmm. and, and the Crusades essentially, which is what what they are. Um, Okay, one more. <laughs> Actually, two more, two more. <laughs> oh, we're almost you there. Have, you have Ake Friedel, who plays the blacksmith himself, and mm-hmm. then you have Eric uh, Stradmark, who plays Jonas Scat, who is essentially the leader of the um, actor trio mm-hmm. that uh, that is, and then he ends up running away and whatnot. Yes. And what this movie is about, so again, I don't, I, I don't like the the IMDb description and how this thing is kind of um, what it's said to be about is a knight returning from Sweden um, after the Crusades. He ends mm-hmm. up seeking answers about life and death and God and existence um, as he plays a chess game against the living, real life embodiment of death mm-hmm. himself. And although yes, that is a very very small portion of the film. It's not really. It's film. not really what it's about. I, the movie is much more about kind of the first half of that description, which is a man seeking um, answers about life and death and mm-hmm. and whatnot, and 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 just kind of like the existential crisis that is: wh- who am I? What are we? What is the purpose of the? What is the purpose of life? Is yeah. there a god? Um, and if there is a god, why would he do things that he does? And why are why is it you know why is the because this also this movie also takes place during the bubonic plague? Yes, which is cool because like <laughs> you know there's a lot going on here. But yeah, like honestly, the the real portion of the movie besides that is just uh, block trying to make his way home. Right. That's it. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> this movie is renowned and loved and and spoken pretty much nothing highly um, about by film lovers mm-hmm. and film critics and general audiences alike. Uh, and I kind of chose this film because I, I, I almost had a feeling that you might not like it. And I was like, Let, <laughs> you wanted to do a debate. Like a, I, I wanted to do a little bit of a debate because I don't know what your thoughts are yet. Uh, this is your first time watching it. it so is. this is my third time watching it. Um, I got a lot more out of it this time than I think I I did the, the last two times that, mm. I, that I've seen it. Um, a lot more. I, I took a lot more away from thematic like themes of this film than I than I remember, uh, and I think it's just because I've matured and mm-hmm. and and you know analyzing you're a lot older films now. and whatnot. I am. You That's got a beard it. all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. So I think I've just taken a lot away away from it. So that all being said, initial thoughts. Uh, to be honest, I opened the day that I watched this movie at my job, so I fell asleep for like a good five to six minutes of the film. But that was in like the middle of like the the what I would like to call like the lull of the film. Okay. Where he's kind of just like 
they're they're kind of just setting up camp like for the night. Yeah. Um, and that's when he has like the entire party, and I had to go back and like rewatch it all. Um, other than that, like I, I do think that this film to today's standards is a little dry <laughs> but, at, but a little at, a li- <laughs> i'm being modest here but at the same time too i think like from the actual bones of the story to like the way that it caps off in the end i can see why this is renowned as like one of the best films ever made yeah so let's just talk about let's like get the the um the, the basic things out of the way. Visually, I think this movie is beautiful. I, I love the black and white. I know that was kind of like the preferred style of the time, but like it just adds so much to like this very dark, gritty time in history. And like to have the, the shot of death himself, I love the simplicity of like how they went with death because yeah. they easily could have been like, oh, it's the skeleton with like the hood and the scythe. But yeah. like, no, they went with like a very... Like they they obviously did like a white face over him, but like it's just this beautiful contrast of like complete black garbs and then this white face that's like almost like in the dead of night. That's all you would see. Yeah. Plus the the actor's facial features mm-hmm. do wonders for oh, it. Yeah. He's got he's got a very kind of specific face mm-hmm. that works really really well. He he almost kind of looks like a skeleton, sort of. Yeah. But with flesh. <laughs> And I don't mean to offend you, but mm-hmm. I just I'm just saying like he really, really does have this unique and mm-hmm. interesting look to him that that really kind of um, amplifies who death is. And, and I love the way that he stares. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the kind of menacing looks that he has and the, the, the very, very light, almost like a Mona Lisa where there's that slight smile kind of where mm-hmm. he knows that he cannot be beaten. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I love that too. Cause like block is like so confident in the beginning and like right. you really, like you see that turning point in the character. Yeah. But like, he's so confident. Like he's like, I've never lost and I will not lose. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of, it, it kind of gives you like a little bit of a backstory of like how he was during the crusades. Right. Like you, they don't really mention it, but you kind of get the idea that like, you know, he was more of like a general slash like leader role yeah. in the crusades. Yeah. Yeah. He's got this. He he is. Anytime that block is in the in the uh, film, it tends to be my favorite portions mm-hmm. of the movie. And obviously, when death is there as well, mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoy the witch aspect of it as yes. well. And I really like the actors. I, I used to really dislike the actors. <laughs> really? I, I thought that that kind of really slowed the film down to mm-hmm. a to a, cr- a crawl, but. F- this time around, I really enjoyed just being with them because mm-hmm. they add, in my opinion, a very necessary, um, especially uh, the father, the husband, yes. Joff. Mm-hmm. He he adds a very, very necessary contrast to Block. Yes. Because Joff is very playful. like Extremely very, playful, like- extremely lighthearted. Mia, the wife is very very much they are the they are the type of characters who are essentially just happy to be alive mm-hmm. and they are grateful for what they have they want a very simple life they're they you they try not to have bad days mm-hmm. and then you have block who is going through this through this land and he's questioning his existence and his life and death mm-hmm. and the meaning of art and and all of these things that that you know us as humans are constantly kind of you know, it's kind of always hanging over us. Yeah. But Joff and Mia decide that that is not 
that they're not going to allow that to, you know, um, ruin their days or their lives. They're going mm-hmm. to, they're going to just take it day by day and, you know, just again, be grateful for what they have and just enjoy their lives together while they have it. And block is like, no, I, I, I need to know all of these yeah. answers about life and the world and, and existence. I will say though, he is the worst juggler I have ever seen. <laughs> he's like, oh, I juggle for a living. And he's literally just throwing one ball up and catching yeah. it with the other hand. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I can do better than that. <laughs> but I will say, very interesting the fact of like him having kind of like these visions. Yeah. Where it's like he uh, yeah. sees the mother Mary with like baby Jesus. Right. Like, I think that's kind of cool because like it adds like another super at supernatural element to the film yeah um and then later on when you get it again where he actually sees block playing death in chess right and mia does not see it and i thought that was really clever because i was like man that makes sense that like you know because we have established that he has like these visions of like god and demons and hell and and heaven yeah that he can see stuff like this yeah so it would make sense that he can see that yeah and i kind of have a, a final thought about that and we'll mm-hmm. get and we'll get to that um and i this this time around i also took away i i don't know if you took it it, it took me three watches to to kind of come to this conclusion and and realize that in my opinion i actually think that joff and mia and the baby are supposed to be joseph mary and baby jesus oh yeah i, I guess you so. know mm-hmm. they i mean literally their name is joseph and mary yeah and i didn't realize that because <laughs> it's in the sweetest version is yeah. joff and mia well then there's the other friend uh yes Unky herb <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very prominent in in the bible <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and I don't know. I, I just I think that that was potentially a thought. And mm-hmm. and, and again, I kind of have a final thought when, when we get to like that last shot of the movie um, as to why I think that is maybe a conclusion as to why they are Joseph, Mary and, and, and Jesus. Uh, but yeah, so I took that away from that. Um, I also really like, and, I, and I, again, I didn't love him the first few times I watched it, but the blacksmith. Uh, no, uh, I guess uh, John's. The, oh, Squire his, John. Yeah, Squire. Yeah, a little weird in in like the one scene where it's like you know he he helps the girl like protects her. Yeah, but then is like, come on, you're my wife now. Essentially, and yeah. I was like, hmm. But he 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 does save her from being raped. Yeah, I guess. I and guess he's like I need a housemaid. So. I guess during the Crusades, that warrants that like you now have a new girlfriend. Different times and mm. different and different. Uh, but it but it also like it, it is a it's showing you just like the the brutality yes. of of the of the world that they're in. Listen, like I I'm a big fan of like medieval stuff in terms of like. The Crusades and the Black Plague, like, I think that's a very interesting time in history that you could do a lot of metaphorical stuff with film in it. Yeah. And, like, putting them together in this film, I thought, was, like, a really cool idea to, like, mix it with religion and death. And, like, it it really doesn't even, like, fully, fully, like, 
go deep into like religion itself. Yeah. Um it it dabbles in it quite a bit, but like the the entire film is not about it. Yeah. Um and I think like it just kind of goes hand in hand in it. Yeah. I also like the the conversation that Johns has with the the painter. Yes. And that again, it's these moments of like why do you paint? Death? Why do you paint and the idea of the painter being essentially just saying because I want to remind people that they're going to die. Yeah. Essentially <laughs> because he paints these really dark Im- Im- imagery and John's is you know because I think that this film I think Bergman is trying to say something about what art is what mm-hmm. the point of art is and and I and he obviously is doing it through this but I think that it probably comes down to film yeah in in his obviously right because he's a filmmaker so like what is the point of films are films supposed to be to make you kind of escape the world and forget about everything, or mm. are they supposed to make you come full head with them and, yeah. and make you like ha- remind ponder. you of what you are? Yeah, and 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 make you ponder your existence. And I think that the actors, you know, Joseph and Mia, and and then the artists in in the film, because the actors are are artists of sorts, mm-hmm. but they are kind of like the lowbrow artists. Yeah. They're like they're like traveling minstrels. Yeah, and then you have the painters who are kind of, who are mm-hmm. kind of like the more high art. You know, those are the ones that are like that. You know, people think that that takes real skill, and then yeah. what these guys are doing are just silly. So there's definitely like this weird balancing act of what is art, what is the point of art, and why you know why should you care about it, and 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 what should you take away from it. Um, and again, I think that Bergman ends up pulling that back into filmmaking as as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also again. Looking back at it, it's like there aren't there's nothing that I truly dislike about this movie because even the witch, she is not a witch. <laughs> no, I mean she's just maybe Insane. crazy. Yeah, like maybe schizophrenic. Yeah. But like, you know, they wouldn't have been able to diagnose that at the time. Of course, yeah. But yeah, like that was a very cool idea too, to like have like the witch in there of like, oh, don't go near her because she can speak to the devil. Right. Yeah. And and even when uh when Block has that final conversation with her and she tells him to look into her eyes mm-hmm. and she's like, Do you see it? And he's just like, No. <laughs> and then she's like, Turn around. Is he right behind? you and he gets scared and then he realized that there's nothing there it's like mm-hmm. she's not a witch she's just insane she's yeah. crazy and she's going to be burned alive for it and then she believes too that she won't be burnt right and then you see the terror on her face like when, when she leaving. realizes that it's yeah. gonna happen um and that stuff that actually happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's real life right uh it's it's unfortunate but it, it, it is true uh and then you know the 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 final character that like really kind of even deserves in my opinion something to be mentioned with is the blacksmith the blacksmith but, but <laughs> actually well it's this it's that weird love triangle yes. of the blacksmith and then lisa and then uh what's the guy's name john i guess jonas yeah who's the leader of the trio who he ends up leaving the trio and running away with this woman and mm-hmm. she's kind of like maybe like lust like a, if you're gonna talk about you know in, in a in a biblical sense yeah i mean like you can almost like, I, I didn't really, like, go deep diving into it, but you could almost say that, like, you know, each character could represent, like, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Or even, like, the nine circles of hell, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I didn't really go deep, deep into it, but, like, probably on the second time watching it, you could kind of do that. Yeah. So they run away together, and, and then the blacksmith is kind of trying to find... uh 
his wife this entire time and he knows that he ran that that he ran away with one of the actors uh or that she ran away with one of the actors and mm. and she and he knows that that he's going to basically kill the guy when he when he finds him and the actor being a an actor <laughs> doing what he does best yes taking off the beard swindles his way out of it mm-hmm. uh and then pretends to kill himself pretends to commit suicide yes and then death shows up and, and it's like no it's actually your time <laughs> And cuts him down from the tree. Cuts him down from the tree and kills him. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a it's ironic mm-hmm. and it makes me laugh. And I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. I think it is. But uh, I I feel like it's one of those weird things where it's like at the time when it came out it wasn't supposed to be, but like nowadays it's funny to us. It, it made me laugh. Yeah, I, I I thought it was funny. There are some points in this film that are actually really funny. Yeah. Uh, Ravel, the guy who gets, uh, who, who ends up getting his face scratched up or oh, yeah, messed yeah. up by Squire John, mm-hmm. because, uh, again, they have this kind of altercation with one another where he's, you end, you end up learning this backstory about John, about Squire that, uh, he, he this guy essentially convinced him and his father to join mm-hmm. the Crusades, uh, and, and then it was all kind of based on lies. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, if I ever see you again, I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, kill you essentially. Uh, or I think he says, I'm going to like cut your face. Yeah. And then he sees him again. He cuts his face. Uh, and that guy is kind of like the whole, you know, walking around with his chest out. And then mm-hmm. when somebody actually steps up to him, he kind of like, like, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want any real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So he gets his face cut up and then he has one of the most interesting parts of the movie, in my opinion, is when he dies mm-hmm. and he comes back. And, and he has the plague. And he has the plague. And and there's this kind of meditative moment of of death. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a powerful moment because it's it's said it's it's too late. We can't do anything. There's no point of giving him water. And the guy is just screaming, you know, well like I'm dying. Like yeah, will give somebody me something. give me like will you at least comfort me in death? And nobody's everybody says there's no point. And and it's it's a really sad moment Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that that old saying of like you're born alone and you die alone type situation exactly and it's it's really really kind of profound and 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 it's just it's it's insane to me that this movie's an hour and a half long and it follows like 10 plus characters Mm -hmm. and somehow in my opinion doesn't doesn't feel bloated or or like there there isn't any characters that that feel unfulfilled like everything nothing kind feels of... rushed like everything feels like paced properly and that's something that you can say like literally this movie came out like 50 60 years ago mm-hmm. and it's like you have a movie that like is an hour and a half long and can dabble in this much shit whereas today you have like a two and a half hour movie and you still feel like you didn't <laughs> get anything out of it so it's like it's some it's very it's something really impressive to say about like this film. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts on like, kind of like the ending? Because we get to, we get to a point where, where they end up making it back home. Block yes. is there and they're mm-hmm. all together. And the only ones that aren't there for the most part are the, are uh, Mary Joseph and the baby. Yes. Which is smart. Cause like they kind of saw the writing on the walls of like, Oh, like we can't go with them. Yeah. Like death is following him. Yeah. Um, And I will say like probably my favorite, favorite scene in this film is when they're all at dinner and the the knocking on the door and John goes to answer the door and nobody's there 
and then they sit back down and then you have this shot of like all it's of them perfectly framed god they're <laughs> all just looking straight at the camera yeah for like a good 15 seconds yeah and you know that death is standing there but like they just won't show it yet like there is this anticipation shot yeah and then you get death yeah and again it's like perfectly framed there's one light on the wall that's yes. kind of you know like a fire or whatever and it's casting this kind of triangular mm-hmm. um, light shadow on the thing uh, on the wall, and then death is standing right there. Yeah. And it's and he everything else about, around him is pretty much just black, covered in shadow, and he's just lit up. And you have like everybody kind of like reacting a different way. Like Block is like completely losing it. Yeah. Like at, up until this point, he's been very composed. Yeah. And like all of a sudden, he is just like lost it. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, I think it's his wife. That, like, is almost, like, praying to death. Yeah. And then, like, everybody else is just kind of, like, standing in awe. Yeah. Um, favorite scene of the entire movie. I think it really, like, brought home everything. But, um, I mean, throughout the film, like, like I said, like, you get block where it's, like, he's very, very confident. He understands that, like, you know, he has never lost a game and he says that he will never lose a game. And then he fucks up by telling death his plan and that was at the church and i i wanted to believe at the time where it's like oh like you know he has a backup plan but he really didn't (laughs) he literally laid all of his cards out on the table yeah and he fucked up and you see like him slowly start to lose that confidence Mm -hmm. and by the time that you get to like where they're in the woods and they're playing their last set and death is like next move checkmate and then leaves and it's like he knows at that point he lost. Right. He try, he tries to knock over the chess pieces yes. with his cloak. It's like, to, nope, I, I remember where everything was. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just trying to get out of it. And, of course, I mean, at the end of the day, the overarching message of this film is you cannot cheat death. Yes, absolutely. You cannot escape it. It's You're never going to beat it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of our lives. It's something that we have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just inevitable. Yeah. Um, a big theme that I got from this film, too is the and he he says it too about like three or four times in the film but like because i have like four different themes written down but they all come from this and it's like the understanding of god's silence Mm -hmm. where it's like he's pissed off because like he calls out to god and like no answer like nothing like i just want to know you're real i just want to know you're out there and it's the silence of it and it kind of goes hand in hand then with like where religion and death kind of sit with like human beings of like you're you're never going to hear anything until death comes right and you may look to religion to like help you to like get closer to god but we're never going to hear that you're never going to hear anything it's always going to be like watching in the shadows waiting to see like what you'll do next yeah yeah one of so like one of my favorite shots in the film i think maybe my favorite shot in the film is when we get to the final, final scene of Mia and Joseph mm, watching them, watching them on the hill and, and death is leading them, mm-hmm. ma- marching them pretty much to, you know, wherever hell. he's going to take them. Yeah. Probably hell. And, uh, and, and they're just walking on that hill and it's just this, these black silhouettes mm-hmm. walking and sort of almost dancing a little bit. And it's kind of a perfect ending because I think that one of the main themes that I took away from this film is how should us, how should we live? Mm-hmm. Should we live like block or should we live like 
uh, Joseph. Yeah. Should we live like a person who is constantly questioning and trying to essentially cheat death? Mm-hmm. Are we should we live or should we live like so Joseph, who is significantly happier with his life, doesn't have nearly as much as Block. Yeah. Doesn't have a home technically. They live out of a, a horse and carriage, mm-hmm. but doesn't really care. That doesn't. That isn't what is is important to him. And and should we live just carefree and happy? And we're here for you know a blip of time. So while we're here, we might as well make the most of it. Or should we be questioning our existence and whatnot? Mm-hmm. And I think there is a somewhat definitive answer because it's it, either way, we're all going to end up walking that hill with death. Yeah. But it's what you do in the time right, yeah. beforehand that kind of makes up like who exactly. you are. And, and, and he has kind of what you were mentioning before, you know, right before uh, towards the beginning of this when I, and I said I wanted to kind of talk about it towards mm-hmm. the end was those kind of these visions that he has Mm -hmm. and and these and uh mary always says something to the effect of like oh you and your visions yeah you know oh Oh, you being you again yeah and i I don't know i I think that 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 means something right because he is he's seeing he he sees everything that's happening and, Mm -hmm. and decides to ignore it and and decides that you know he sees it. It kind of frightens him for a moment, and then she brings him back to the real world, and he's just like, "Okay," and then he yeah. just kind of like walks <laughs> like, away. Like maybe I'm going crazy. It, well, it's it's not even that. Maybe I'm going crazy. It's just that clearly Joseph is he's seeing life. He sees death. He sees like the 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 real walking embodiment of death. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet he doesn't. Mia Mia's there, and she kind of brings him back to the world, and just says, "Don't worry about that. Like we're not." Like I kind of take it as that's not it's not our time yet. Like mm-hmm. we still have so much life to live. You know that's that's so far away from us. We have this beautiful baby. Let's raise this kid. Let's be in love with each other. Let's go eat these wild strawberries yeah. and and just live our lives. Which I was looking up to. Like there is some kind of like metaphorical thing about like the strawberries and the milk. Maybe where yeah. it, it is something religious based. I think kind of kind of supposed to represent like the Eucharist and like the wine yeah. or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And then the last thing that I kind of took away from that final shot was the idea of like, what's like, what is going to go? Things are still going to go on mm-hmm. after death. So obviously if you want to take it at his literal face in, 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 in the form of this, of these characters, he's an actor. Um, you know, they're both actors and they have this baby. So it's like, okay, we're going to have, art still is going to go on right like Mm -hmm. these people are going to die but we're still going to have art we're still going to have comedy we're still going to laugh we're still going to have love we're still going to have all of these things and that's that's kind of good but it's also like is it all just an like an illusion yeah like yeah like that whole idea that like you know existence is just an illusion like we're not really here like we are just kind of like a blip in time right being on this earth so it's like what can you really do in that yeah because joff seeing you know them marching up the hill and says like you know i see them i see them marching mm-hmm. and and the wife says no like it, okay so is it, does that also just mean then that disillusion is gonna go on like mm-hmm. like are we just going to it, there's a there, again there's like a balancing act that's happening yeah. it's like how far do we do we go with with acknowledging death because we can't just simply ignore it mm-hmm. always right yeah. eventually it's going to come face to face with us final destination made five movies <laughs> out of it so. exactly so 
him saying, you know, I see them and then her being like, oh, you know, don't worry about that. Essentially, like you and your you, you and your, uh, your your illusions here. That means that like. There's there's a there's a kind of a form of delusion happening where mm-hmm. it's like we you know, you're just ignoring the elephant in the room. Yeah, it's there's a lot. It's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot to unpack. It's it's really, really heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 I don't know if. You know, we we're never gonna have all the answers. No, absolutely and not. The, and the movie is the movie is trying to explore them, and I like that uh, Bergman doesn't give you any definitive answers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't so much as tell you how to feel, more or less just is explaining his feelings and and kind of puts them into these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't and, even fully tell you like exactly what happens to everyone right no you it's like, all kind of up to you like even from the beginning with block it's like he washes up on the shore so you in my mind at least like it was kind of like oh did he die and then right. he's Is just he kind of like battling for his soul right that's i mean that's a possibility yeah but it, like they don't even tell you that no 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 no. it's all up to you mm-hmm. and a lot a lot of times people can get frustrated with that because they want answers uh, but I think that this movie works so much better without answers. Yeah, like Be- how we did with the ambiguous stuff. Right. Yeah, uh, because you don't know. You don't know, mm-hmm. and 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 there's no way of giving you a definitive answer on these topics. Yeah. <laughs> and because of that, we had a conversation about it. Yeah. So, like, had we gotten the answers, it wouldn't have been anything to talk about. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great film. Mm-hmm. I think again that it might be, you know, as you said in the beginning of this uh, of, the, of recording this, it's it's dry. It is. It, it's it can be a bit tough to get through, I think. Um, but I think the amount of themes and the amount of things yes. that are being said in this movie, I think it's absolutely worth it. I mean, the, you, go ahead. You know, too, like um, about like halfway through the film when like they're starting their journey. Um, one other thing, fuck, I completely forgot, like super cool. I loved like the whole thing of like, Joseph and Mary and like the other guy like performing and it's very lighthearted and it's super like nice and then out of nowhere oh, yeah, the whipping and the the whipping and like the banger of the hymn yeah, that yeah. like they're doing where they're just like it it becomes so dark out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it is kind of like that counterbalance of like lighthearted and darkness yeah and I mean it um, also just kind of explains to you or like shows you the you know. There, there are there are kind of two types of people. Yeah. Two types of religious people. There are mm-hmm. the people that are so over the top and will go, you know, above and beyond to show that they're religious. And then there are the people who are to themselves religious. Yes. And it's like, are you going to be that guy or that? Are you going to be the one that is religious and believes in everything, but, you know, you keep it to yourself and, and it's yours because it's a private thing? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to walk down the streets whipping yourself yes. to showcase, like, how religious you are? Mm-hmm. Because... You believe that maybe God needs to see that in order for you know to for, for there to be proof that you you know really really bow down to him. No, exactly, and that's where too like you know at about the halfway mark of this film, I kind of got like how I said too before like that the characters might represent like the seven deadly sins or like the movie might represent like the nine layers of hell. It felt like Dante's Inferno almost like this allegory of a film. Yeah, and I liked that. Like that was cool because it's like you know. You don't really get anything other than like that shitty animated movie and that weird like God of War game oh, that right, basically yeah. was Dante's Inferno and <laughs> yeah. it, like this kind of felt like something close to it. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it's it's an interesting movie, man. It's it's a movie. I think that this is your first Bergman film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
we we should do another one there's another <laughs> one that i really like that 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 will do that isn't nearly as dry mm-hmm. uh but we'll we'll, we'll get there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll uh, come in time but i think again the cinematography in this movie is beautiful um, all the visuals are just so, so incredible. The framing of the shots are beautiful. Everything mm-hmm. is so meticulous. You can see that, you know, he was a master of his craft. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that it's a very, very good film. And I, I think that you'll, when you're watching the movie, maybe like the first 15, 20 minutes, you're kind of sitting there like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And mm-hmm. there's, I think something happens and then you kind of just settle in. Mm hmm. And then you're like, I'm in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you don't know exactly what point that is, but like, you're just, you're with it all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, eight and a half strawberries and milk out of 10. It's a really, really good film. Yeah. I think eight, eight to nine is definitely the score for me as well. Uh, it, it's a movie that I'm glad we did and I'm glad that you saw it finally. Um, I just wish that it wasn't, I feel like I just wish that it wasn't explained the way that it is because it's not it's it's not about a man sitting down playing chess I literally went into this thinking that the entire movie was just going to be them talking about like life and death while playing chess right and, and then meanwhile, there's 15 characters in this film and well, yeah, all and, running around doing and things. And after like the first five minutes where they set up the board and make their first move and then he it just rides cuts. away <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, wait a second, is this like like a flashback right, type yeah, thing? Yeah, like, yeah, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. It, it's definitely um, mismarketed a bit. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, but I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the chess playing does have its merit and, and it does play an overall theme of the film, but... It's definitely not the core of the movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a recommendation. What could that be? Uh, Arctic Monkeys. They oh, just they just dropped, released their new uh, they, single. Single, yeah. And I listened to it, and it's a slow jam, and I like mm-hmm. it a lot. I I listened to it yesterday, too. I am kind of happy in a sense that, like, you know, the last album wasn't, like, a one-off, like, oh, like, this is how it's going to be. Like, it seems like this is their transitional yeah, period. which I'm into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very, like, so spoken word style. It's, uh, the, the album's called The Car, mm-hmm. um, and the track name is There, there Better Be a Mirror Ball. Um, it just, as of the recording of this, I think it dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so when this comes out, it's going to be probably about four or five days um, at that point. But uh, if you haven't listened to it and you're a fan of them, I would recommend it. I think it's a, it's a good little track. Uh, Zach, what are we doing next? We are going to be doing our favorite movie productions. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Wow. (laughs) I'm so interested. All right. uh, Look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, death is at your back.